to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. It's the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. We are here again coming to you from the CBS Sports HQ. Barton Simmons, Chip Patterson. Um, we've got – this is the attrition edition, which means that it's uh, – it's it's appropriate that we're we're you know we're out here in in rugged conditions having to figure out a way to get by in, in all kinds of ways. I mean, <clears throat> this is something that any good college football program's got to know how to do. Chip, this is a fitting time to talk about uh, health issues. Mine is <laughs> rapidly deteriorating. I'm gonna have to excuse myself to cough every once in a while here. So I, I look, we're at the end of camp. Uh, I'm beat up. It's tired, of, dude. You ready to go back to your like your apartment? Like you're tired of living in the dorms or wherever right. they've got you <laughs> for your, like that's, the the camp time. You're ready to go back and get in your pillow. I need my fresh towels, my home pillow. Yeah. You know, see my dog again, all that kind of stuff. No, it's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's this is. We talked about how we're starting to get news come out of camp, and and now we're at the point in the season where it's not always good news, and and. That's ultimately what it boils down to, and, and talking about who who are playing for national titles, who are going to win conference titles, who are going to be better or worse than we think. I mean, a big chunk of that is who's going to stay healthy and who's not. Um, I still think Tennessee wins the East last year if they just get a little more lucky yeah. on the health front. And so, you know, now we're starting to see some of those issues rear their heads, uh, and, and some that are going to be pretty pretty critical so we're going to start off the attrition edition with suspensions um and then we will get to injuries and then our award-winning question of the day closing segment will actually pair nicely with uh, a fun slideshow that you can find on cbs sports digital uh where we have gone through the the annual uh best in state debate and boy i can tell you uh if if any listeners of this have been around for a while i had to eat some crow because last year for the best in state, I was not a part of it this year, but last year I was. And I picked Marshall as the top team in West Virginia. So when Marshall. You got to take your shots, bro. Take your shots. When Marshall just did a backslide all the way to the bottom of the Cayusa and West Virginia's out here winning 10 games. I, uh, I, I think I was still having. Folks slide up in the Twitter mentions to uh, to make to remind me of what an idiot I was. So uh, we're gonna have some fun uh, with the best in state debate for our question of the day. But uh, beginning the attrition edition with some suspensions. Specifically, uh, we'll start at the University of Florida, where seven players, most notably Antonio Callaway, have been suspended for the first game. Now, Florida typically has uh, a friendly first game. It's normally played in the swamp. It's normally against a G5 opponent. That's who you'll often find, uh, uh, you know, even in, in FCS or some sort of in-state, you know, payday game. But this one is uh, is a little bit bigger. They'll be playing Michigan in the kickoff game in Dallas. It's in Jerry World. Antonio Callaway is not going to be there. Uh, Kevonis Davis, Richard Desir Jones, James Houston, Ventrell Miller, Jordan Smith, 
Kadeem Telfort reportedly suspended, and we kind of referenced this, but we didn't get a chance to get into it, reportedly suspended for purchasing items at the campus bookstore with their student ID cards. They didn't have sufficient funds for the transactions and then later sold those items for cash. It's a scheme as old as the creation of a student ID card that you can put money on. Um, you know, and it is something that is not right. Obviously, I'm not out here, uh, promoting this, but it's also a scheme that is a little bit hard to get away with. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, because it's so old, like it's, we've reached a point where you're gonna get caught. Not too bright. Um, I, all right. So number one, let's start with, uh, on field. Like, what does this mean for Florida, like, losing a player like Antonio Callaway? In Las Vegas, we've already seen uh, the betting markets respond to it a little bit with the moving the line in favor of Michigan. We were just talking about it at lunch. It's, like, up to three and a half or four from, like, two and a half. And, folks, we will be... We will be running down some game lines once we'll we get into the season. We'll be on top of these, these spreads. So I, I ask you, the loss of Antonio Callaway for Florida, does it does it feel like uh, something that could end up being the difference for the Gators? Well, it's I, – I mean, the difference – first of all, I think I said on our last show, like I'm a little bit disappointed that this is happening because now I'm not going to look like as much of an expert if I pick Michigan to win – uh, I, I thought Michigan was going to win before the suspensions. I still think Michigan's going to win. In fact, I'm a little more nervous about picking Michigan now because there's, there's just that X factor of circling the wagons and being the sort of the underdog now arrives with the Florida situation. So I, I'm interested in that, but it's, I think it is, I think it's a, I think it hurts. It, our our editor Adam Silverstein is a is a Florida guy. Yeah, Shout out yeah, Adam yeah. Silverstein. And at lunch today, he was talking about how he doesn't think it's going to have an impact. And I get and it seems like there's some Florida that the Florida sort of inner circle thinks that this is no big deal, and they have all these. This guys feels like replace. a tremendous deal. I think it is. I agree with you. Be- I mean, th- th- this is from a talent and a just purely like. Ability perspective. This is one of the best receivers in college football. Tyree Cleveland is a good wide receiver, but he does not have Antonio Callaway like talent. No, and they and this is a yes. They have issues at the quarterback position. Yes, they've had issues with offensive explosiveness in the past. Antonio Callaway is that guy that would give them those those big plays that you need, so that you're not driving the field for 80 yards on 15 plays. Like he's the guy that would would bail them out and get a big pass player, uh, return a punt. Uh, you know, th- these are things that he provided that that offense desperately needs. So I think it's a big deal. I and I think they were going to lose anyways. But now I I I, I continue to think that they're going to lose. Do you? How many more? Uh, so this this uh, you know reported scheme. Um, you know, this is the the beginning of what we expect to be. Uh, a lot of week one suspensions because week one suspensions is always where you're going to get out the uh, the anything that went wrong basically from the bowl game to to now. That's that's when you're going to get it. And coaches, of course, uh, love to keep it under wraps until the very end. Like this, this is why the like 
no news is good news type thing. Yeah. I, 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 I believe this is far from the last that we're going to see in terms of some suspensions. Uh, this is one that is certainly major, major impact on one of the biggest games of the weekend. Um, also, how many more suspensions or, can Antonio or Callaway yeah, have? Like, has he sort of hit for the cycle yet on like suspensions and reasons for suspensions and 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 off field issues he's gotten into? Now I know he was, um, you know, he was sort of proven to be innocent of, of the whatever the was it a sexual assault or there was something happened off field with a female that that he seems to have been cleared of. Uh, but he's had, I just, it seems like every time you look up, there's a new issue that he's being suspended for. And I, I, you know, I don't know, man, how many, I, I mean, I'm losing confidence in this kid to, to, to stay on the field. I mean, I just, I, I, is this the last one? Like, are we done now, Antonio? Like, is this it? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't know. Do you, is he going to be able to get drafted because of, like, is this going to prevent yeah, him? Get drafted. I just don't, I don't, I think it's going to hurt his, I mean, this hurts his stock because, um, but this is a, also a guy that they rave about in practice. They rave about as a practice player, as a competitor. So between the, between the whistles, between the lines, he's a dude, but he's, he is just, uh, you know, there's just a lot, a lot you're getting with him. Um, and so I don't know. He's, he's certainly the big one here. They, they, you know, the other guys are depth guys. So uh, now they're, they're, they're an injury or two away of, of playing some guys that don't need to be on the field. Uh, but, uh, but there's, you know, this is still a team that's about defense more than anything else. Uh, another suspension that stood out, um, one that the suspension was actually about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, Jordan Whitehead for Pittsburgh catching a suspension. It's among others, but he's the big name. Yeah, yeah. he's the big name. There's, there's three total, I think. And then including Rory Blair was dismissed. Um, this is. But you know those th- among those see that that one stings because a three game per suspension early in the season sometimes you can get away with but Pitt plays Penn State and Oklahoma State two week two and three and Jordan Whitehead was the ACC Freshman of the Year in 2015 he's a dynamic safety he's a talented dude and his absence ties in with. Uh, reports that Quadri Olison, a guy who's called one touch in high school, cause he only needed that one touch to take it to the house. Like, this is, a, this is a Pittsburgh team that we saw beat Penn State and Clemson a year ago that I am, I, I wanted to consider them like a coastal dark horse. You know, we're gonna be making our ACC order of finish picks here in the next couple days. I was like, man, maybe I could slide Pitt up to two. And when I see the Jordan Whitehead suspension, I think he is a dynamic enough player where if I thought that Pitt was going to be able to tap into that magic again against Penn State, it was it was going to require probably the whole the whole group. I agree. I mean, and it's I mean that that's a kid that's played some offense for them. They, oh they yeah, for touches, sure. Yeah, and uh, and and that's an area where I mean that's ultimately what what Pat Narduzzi is all about is having defensive backs, particularly the corner position. Who can, who can allow him to be aggressive in the blitz game and get after the quarterback? And he hadn't had that yet. He's, they, they continue to get burned because just, they haven't built up the, the secondary yet, uh, to do the, to do the things he wants to do. 
So with Jordan Whitehead out, that's that's just one more hit in in that attempt uh, to to develop that kind of a defense. Uh, so yeah, I think that 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 matters. Um, that that's that's it's it's hard for me to see them starting anything better than than one and two. So the suspensions to Antonio Callaway and six other Florida players matters. The suspension to Jordan Whitehead and three other Pitt players, uh, particularly with the way that Pitt starts the season, that matters. Here we go. Does the transfer of John Franklin III from Auburn matter for Auburn? It matters for John Franklin III That's because right. it's it means that he can he can take the familiar path from uh, Florida State to Last Chance U to Lane Kiffin. If he wants to wind up at uh, at Florida Atlantic, wants to dive into that quarterback race. Yeah, yeah. If he wa- if he wants to really just fully complete uh, the path of where he wants to go, but uh, yeah, that news breaking on Tuesday. Uh, Auburn announcing after a day after announcing that Jarrett Stidham would be the starter and Sean White, uh, the big to- big red tomato, would be the backup. John Franklin the third, like a pl- you you watched him coming out of high school. Like at any point, were you looking at John Franklin the third and feeling like he was going to be a power five quarterback that could make a difference? No, man. Dag, really? No, this guy. I mean, he's always been an, a future receiver, and he's apparently the only person that hadn't been able to figure that out that he's a receiver. And I mean, he went to Florida State, and we had him as a three star, but he was one of those guys where he was so fast and athletic that we were, you know, you kind of. You kind of hold your breath and hope you got it right with having him a three star because you knew that if you could tap into that athleticism, whether it was at quarterback or receiver or, or somewhere else, that man, that was things were going to get dangerous and, and he could end up being a an NFL guy. But I just think his his resistance to moving positions has slowed him down in his development. Uh, and uh, you know, I hope he goes somewhere and returns kicks and and uh, catches passes and and makes some plays this year. But no, man, he, he was, he's always been an athlete. And, and if anything for Auburn, this just removes like a distraction. Not that he was like a bad kid distraction, but just like the whole like, what's John Oh, is he going to be a wildcat? We got the wildcat package out here for John Franklin the third. What's the John Franklin role is, is, is a, is about the least, um, important storyline in the SEC right now. (laughs) All right. We can stop, but we can, we can get, we can, we can move on. All right. Well, (laughs) so from the, The suspension part of our attrition addition to something where uh, there's a little bit, little bit less control, and that would be the injuries. So uh, we've got a host of injuries here, or injury issues, or other attrition issues, and we're going to try to, we're going to cycle through these. um, And I want to start in the SEC East. Cole Mosier, Kentucky left tackle, Jalen Dickerson, safety for South Carolina. Two SEC East teams. Um, which one of these feels more impactful to you? So Cole, and I, I'm not sure if I'm if who's got his name right or how this pronounced, but Cole Mosier is a returning starter on a really good offensive line, who now is out for the season with an ACL injury. Jalen Dickerson, a true freshman, projected to start out for the year with I think a shoulder or something. Like you would think that the the offensive lineman, this returning starter, would be the guy that is is the bigger blow, but I actually think Jalen Dickerson is the one that that wow. hurts more, because I because I, I know who's behind 
Cole Mosier, and and that's Landon Young, who's a true sophomore, six seven, three hundred plus pounds. Local kid, right? Freak. Yeah, he's a he's an in-state kid, and he is a, he was a five star. I had him as a five star, and he got he you know, he got a sniff last year, played a little bit. Um, I think that they can get him ready to roll. I think he's a guy that's capable of stepping in and being a, uh, you know, I don't know if he's a dominant guy right away, but he's a guy that's a, qu- a starter level player as a true sophomore after, after playing. Meanwhile, with Jalen Dickerson, Will Muschamp's talk about he's one of the best safeties he's ever seen at this stage or something like that in the spring. He's, you know, he's, he's loving this kid up and this is a defense that's not that deep to begin with. So that worries me a little bit about South Carolina just losing him on a depth situation. You think that the South Carolina defense in general, because we're we've we've talked ourselves into South Carolina, we spent too much time getting hyped about it. We're like outside of Sky Moore. Where where are we hyped about the South Carolina defense? Jalen Dickerson obviously was part of that, and, and now he's not. But yeah. what, what, what are, where are the bright spots on that South Carolina defense? Like, if Dickerson's gone, where are you still hanging your hat? Particularly maybe in the back seven. Right. I mean, I still think their linebackers are good with, with Sky Moore, who's back. That's a, that's an addition, because he wasn't on this team last year. He's injured. Uh, Bryson Allen Williams, I think, is a good player. They've got experience up front, and they have, ex- they actually have experience in the back end with Chris Lamonds and, um, Jamarcus King and uh, I mean they've got guys that have played a lot of snaps in the secondary. I just don't know that they're necessarily elite SEC guys back there. Um, so, so, but I, again, I still think they'll be fine. But I just think this is a this is a defensive roster that cannot. And you and I both agree. I think that South Carolina has got a chance to surprise people. Yes. Right? Yes. Whereas if they get another couple injuries, this might not be the one that knocks them out. But now if they get another one, then they're they're sort of they're in trouble. All right, where where, where do you fall? You haven't given your answer. Where do you fall on this? I I I am I'm starting to fade. Uh, I'm starting to fade on Kentucky, and I, I'm I just feel like this might be the beginning of just uh, a tumble of bad breaks. You know, so if I if I still if I still think that. Um, when we've got all the excitement about Kentucky having an offense that's being able to roll, you're bringing back good quarterback, good running back. I just, I, I could see this falling apart, man. I don't know. We'll see what they're about. I mean, can you lose a little, I mean, again, this is where teams like, you know, you used to say Alabama because they're just sort of the, your staple powerhouse, but this is where teams like Alabama don't miss a beat because they pull a, a, a five star off the bench. Kentucky's pulling a five star off the bench. They are pulling a five star <laughs> off the bench. Like that is, that is not. Kentucky is the next Alabama. <laughs> you heard it here first. Barton Simmons on the 24-7 sports college football. No, podcast. I'm just saying like that's how often does Kentucky have a five star sitting there like chopping at the bit and not that, like the kid may be a bust, but he is, I, I don't think he will be. I think he's going to be an NFL guy. So I think that that's why this is a team ready for this. And I think, and, and I think like South Carolina would probably be would be able to absorb this a lot easier a year from now when they've got more Muschamp's guys on board. But um, right now I'm still dealing with a lot of Steve Spurrier defensive players. All right. Okay. Um, this is two very good defensive teams, Wisconsin and Florida. <coughs> We've got Jack Sitchie, potential All-American linebacker. He's out for the season. 
Marcel Harris. I don't know if we could have said that Marcel Harris was all-American potential, but at least all-SEC potential. Is that fair? Yes. Out for the season. Which one feels more significant to you? Well, I I think Zach Sitchi is a better player than Marcel Harris. Even though Marcel Harris was first, I think I think maybe even led Florida in tackles last year, despite all those guys uh, that went to the NFL draft. But I think the Marcel Harris injury hurts more because Wisconsin's probably got some other dude sitting back there that was a walk on that is is just you know ready to get in there and and play his role and and make a bunch of tackles and surprise some people. And it's just, I mean, that's just in the culture. There's, there's someone ready to roll. And not that there isn't at Florida. I mean, they got plenty of DBs, but Marcel Harris was the one return between, between, uh, Quincy Wilson and Jalen Tabor and, uh, what Marcus May. Mm-hmm. Now, so three borderline first round draft picks. Now you lose the fourth from that group. It's just Nick Washington all alone, right? In terms of like players that we trust. Chauncey Gardner. Chauncey Gardner. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they're, I mean, they're going to have, oh God, Chauncey Gardner is the other, st- there's, I just wrote a story on this, <laughs> and, but there's, a, they, they've got three starters back or three guys back that are, are you feel confident are going to start. They got to find that fourth guy, but it, it's, Again, I just think when you lose that much in the secondary where secondary has to be your strength, where you've got so many questions on offense, where you your identity needs to be uh, turning people over, uh, I just think the Marcel Harris loss is – I think that that really – I think that that really stings Florida uh, and plays somebody, a fourth guy maybe, that just could use a little bit of time to, to, to sort of uh, – grow into the system, grow into the defense. I think losing Jack Sitchie hurts because I I agree with you. I mean, remember, literally, Jack Sitchie was a former walk-on. But this dude was kind of the heartbeat of the team. This guy is the, the team captain. And you've got other dudes, uh, interestingly enough, guys that are coming back from a knee injury. Uh, Retro sophomore Chris Orr hurt his knee in the season opener last year against LSU. He's going to be, uh, I think right now, taking reps with the ones. You've still got TJ Edwards. You've still got Ryan Connolly. Like, the linebacker group as a whole at Wisconsin is going to be good. But man, like, I just, I remember, uh, Sitchy with that, that mohawk, like, flying around the field. Him and, uh, him and Lil Watt were a pair last year. And you, you, you lose, uh, you lose Lil Watt. <laughs> you got you lo- you lose Jack Sitchie here, and he's going to be able to, you know, potentially get a sixth year of eligibility. He'll be able to petition since uh, the medical hardship. If he if you know, and that's and that's if he wants to stay. But man, it's uh, I I'm going to say not not for the reasons of the the personnel or the depth chart or anything else. But this guy this guy was the heartbeat of the defense. Now yeah. all, all that said. Still totally confident in like Wisconsin as a team. Um, you know, I, I feel like with both of these positions, Florida's defensive backs, Wisconsin's linebackers, we've just seen like four years of really stellar play at those position groups to the point where you, you know that the work and practice and that the competition has been so at a level that's so high. 
that there's just not going to be a big drop off for one player. Well, and the other thing I think, I mean, just Wisconsin's got a little, and I mean, look, Northwestern's good, BYU's good, but they've got a little bit of an easier schedule to figure things out. But Florida's sitting there, got to go Michigan week one, they're week three, they're versus Tennessee, uh, you know, which is going to be a huge SEC battle. So I mean, it's just they 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 don't have any time to spare. They got to have whoever's back there better be ready to play. Whether it's Jaywan Taylor at safety or Chauncey Gardner at safety, whoever it is, um, you know, you better strap it on and 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 show up. But here's here's so we'll we'll dip into a non-injury one, a kind of a little bit of a projection here, uh, for our third scenario, Devontae Phillips, who's What's either suspended for the season, kicked off the team, not sure which. Suspended indefinitely. Suspended as of right now. Definitely, okay. Uh, a wide receiver for Florida State. Or, <clears throat> Chris Warren, who is still very much in play as the starting running back at Texas, but he's had concussion issues. He was injured almost all of last year. And we're just gonna, let's just for this hypothetical say Chris Warren is going to have concussion issues throughout the year and will be out for Texas. In that hypothetical, who is the bigger loss? A Chris Warren running back for, for Texas or a Devontae Phillips wide receiver for Florida? Chris Warren. Florida State, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Texas Texas needs to be able to to move that ball on the ground. And Deontay Foreman had a lot of carries and he had a lot of yards. And, you know, we're uh, we're, we're looking at – Shane Bouchelle likely as our starting quarterback. Is that that's where we're, where our heads at right now? Yeah, I think that's safe to say. I think I think that they've uh, losing Chris Warren, a player who's who's been around uh, a good bit. I think that that's a big loss. Devontae Phillips, talented as he might be, never really felt like he made a huge impact. And you know who I really really love? It's Nyquan Murray. Yeah, I think Nyquan Murray is going to be a stud this year. And when you think about the way the Florida State offense sets up, you need to have the different players to play like each of the roles for sure. But if you've got Nyquan Murray to stretch the field and, and be your 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 like game breaker on the outside, then I don't know, man. The loss of Devontae Phillips didn't really like jump out at me. Am I am I off on that? Am I underplaying Devontae Phillips' potential for the Seminoles this season? Because with with Warren, I I'm looking at the Texas backfield and I'm uh I'm I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, I agree. I think this is probably an easy one. And and if the way I look at it too is if you're a Florida school, whether you're Florida State, Florida, or Miami, and you don't have some receivers on the bench that are ready to play, <laughs> man, you're doing something wrong. They've got DJ Matthews, who is a, I mean, he is phenomenal. Uh, he's going to be really exciting to watch. Who's more of he's like 165 pounds, but he can the dude can go. And then they've got a guy named Keith Gavin, who's a true freshman, who's a bigger, like 6'3", 200-plus pound guy, who's like a 6'8", high jumper. Uh, they've got Auden Tate. They've got Nyquan Murray, like you mentioned. Um, they they got enough guys to where they should be able to to get the job done. Because Phillips is out here. He got – that was like – uh, was it a was it a felony burglary charge? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's not good. <laughs> not good. Not good, Devonte. Yeah, yeah. Not no bueno there. Like that's 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 not one where I I, I can see Florida State willing to uh, to really like go to bat for him. Well, and and the the kind of the devil's advocate or the flip side of this is, you know, uh, Tom Herman 
in his two years at Houston, he didn't have a hundred yard rusher at running back or thousand yard rusher at running back. He had yeah Greg Ward as about a thousand yard rusher. Yeah, now Greg he, Ward had a thousand yards two years ago. Yeah, he didn't last year because he was hurt some. Um, but it's not like Tom Herman has to have a, a big play running back to for his offenses to work. That said. Like you mentioned, he, has, he had Greg Ward. Shane Buchel is, is while he's mobile, is not nah, that. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah. So he needs somebody. Now, Kyle Porter, I mean, the – The golf writer for CBS Sports? Do we have a golf writer? Yeah. By the way, if you like golf, you should listen to the First Cut podcast with Kyle Porter hosted by Chip Patterson. So the less famous Kyle Porter is, <laughs> is, is a capable running back. Um, and, but they, and they got a couple freshmen who can play – but there, that is, that is a room that doesn't have a ton of depth. It doesn't have a bunch of horsepower. That's a room that needs to prove something. And, uh, and that's a room that loses a 2,000 yard rusher. Dope. You know, I mean, this is, you know, an all American yeah. in, in Deontay Foreman. So, uh, it, it would, I do think that that's pretty big if Chris Warren can't stay healthy this year. And Kyle Porter, by the way, has been out with the shoulder too, last couple practices apparently. So they got to get that room healthy. Otherwise, they'll be playing some walk-ons uh, during the season. But uh, so, so I guess, yeah, I guess I'm further proving the point that this is Chris Warren is is who needs to be on the field between these two. The uh, like sometimes when we try and do the exercise of like the irreplaceable players, it doesn't always come out. Uh, it it ends up sometimes recycling essentially some of the best players in college football. But when you're when you're looking, for example. Uh, in the SEC, like, is there, is there one spot for a team where you, you can think, like, I, for Kentucky, you had somebody who could come up, like, in the offensive line, that they had the bodies there. Um, and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and, and get you started. I don't, I don't think that Arkansas is ready to sustain another major setback to its offensive backfield. And be considered a team that we can count on to move the ball, whether it's Austin Allen or Devwa Whaley. Like I, I kind of feel like, like when we were doing our order of finish picks, I was like, "Dang, man!" It seems like the margin for Arkansas, particularly when it comes to attrition, is small. Okay, you ready for an imp- impromptu camp buzz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp buzz, camp buzz. <laughs> Chase Hayden at uh, at Arkansas. A true freshman is I, – I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. You're right. But they, they actually really like this true freshman who's – who's Players that are making a bus. Now we're camp, in. camp, bus. Uh, camp, camp, bus. All right. Now now it's back in my head, and I'll be singing <laughs> in the hotel lobby again tonight. Uh, yes. I, so, well, I, I agree with you. Um, but they're – I think they're better there than than people realize because – Chase Hayden is going to come back and give them a, a a that third head and like a third headed monster three headed monster running back core. Um, Brett Bielema even compared the group to his his group when he had at Wisconsin like Monty Ball. And, oh uh, wow! And James Melvin Gordon, White. yeah, and James was, White, was Melvin Gordon, the yeah. third one. Um, yeah, that was early Melvin Gordon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he actually, I mean, so he's speaking pretty highly of the guys he's still got. Um, so I do think that that's. That, that that'll be interesting to watch to see whether that's that's just rhetoric or legit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I think I mean the to me, I guess Florida is always an, or not Florida. Um, quarterback is always an easy place to point to, 
and I think two teams that are have a chance to be really good this year, but all of a sudden change dramatically if they lose a quarterback are Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, I mean, Jarrett Stidham, I, I legitimately believe the, dro- the drop off from Jarrett Stidham to Sean White is that bad. It, it, yeah, it's 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 huge to me. I, I legitimately believe Auburn is is a Auburn does not want to have another spot in the attrition edition because if it's at quarterback, yes. SEC West hopes are dashed. That's uh, yes, and 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 I think Mississippi State's in the same boat in terms of Nick Fitzgerald as good as he is. They like the freshman that they got in Keaton Thompson, but he is not ready. He's just not ready. And so behind Keaton Thompson, they've got walk-ons. And so that's, those are two areas where you just, you can't lose your bodies at the, uh, at the quarterback position. I think there's some others like Florida. Hey, flip a coin for the, we talked about them last show, flip a coin for whatever the quarterback you're going to start. Uh, Kentucky, they got Drew Barker behind Steven Johnson. They're okay. Miles Brennan is probably fine behind. Uh, behind Danny Etling. Yeah. You know, there's, I think there's a lot of these situations where the quarterback play is, is, yeah, you don't want to lose your quarterback, but you got somewhere behind them that can get it done. I think those two, if they lose their quarterback, they're, it, they, that, that totally changes the picture. All right. Award winning closing segment question of the day. Question of the day is who runs this state? Got a couple of them. First. The Sunshine State, where we are currently located. Florida, loaded with FBS schools. Um, got all kinds of interesting coaches from the personality standpoint. But who – Florida, Florida State, and Miami. You know, shout out to Charlie Strong, Butch Davis, and Lane Kiffin. But they don't run the state. Can Miami run the state again? Yeah, I think that's the, yeah, here's the, uh, right. So the question isn't who runs the state because it's obviously Florida State at this point. For right? sure. Yeah. Uh, so ha- is it possible that when we're having this conversation this time next year that Miami is, is, you could, you could argue Miami. Is it possible that we're ready to, to, to is, that Miami is poised to take Florida State's perch? I think that's I think that's where you go with this because they're they've they've got they've got the the local they're getting the South Florida they're recruiting really dude, well in South Florida yeah it's right now. pipelines are back open again I think I think it's all about to me the answer to that question is about Nikosi Perry if if he is and I don't even think if like look if Miami goes eight and four and that that'll be a disappointing year I think they're hoping for nine and three at the least or, or if not ten and two mm-hmm. if if even if they go like eight and four this year and still are a second tier team relative to Florida State, if the second half of that eight and four is a six, six and oh Nicosi yeah, Perry yeah, run, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now all of a sudden you got, I think things are interesting because they're, they are going to be bringing back a ton of talent next year. And that, I mean, that defense is just, I mean, the linebackers in that group are so good. And they're going to have another year. Yes, all those guys are, are true sophomores, yeah. and they got a couple true sophomores on the defensive line. They got some good young guys coming up that are already making noise in camp. Uh, camp buzz, Jonathan Garvin. Woo! <laughs> so, uh, it's, Jonathan Garvin making buzz. <laughs> <laughs> so we we got look there. There is a budding r- resurgence in that rivalry. I think, and, right. and unfortunately, I don't think Florida's in this in this. I've been hating on Florida a lot lately. <laughs> I'm 
sorry. I'm sorry, Gators. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll change my tune if they beat Michigan. Yeah, they're not going to beat Michigan. This is a tougher one. Who runs Texas? This is I I when I first looked at the question, it was I didn't really I mean I, I didn't know where I would end up when I got to the to the answer, and I think I landed at TCU. Woo! <laughs> is that is that I mean what is what's yours? Oh, I said Texas. Re- what? TC why? I mean I mean I understand like okay, maybe we need to def- read like define what it means to run the state. Like how can you how can you possibly argue Texas over TCU? Are is this a project a projection a prediction yeah. of what this fa- this season looks because, like? Because all right, so you're saying this like Texas is five, has back to back five and seven seasons. How can you rep the Longhorns? Right. Yeah. And and not only that, but TCU was eleven and one. Like two, two years, years ago, ago, they were eleven and two. Three years ago, they were twelve and one. They've they've their past two games combined against Texas has been like the 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 final score is, is, is combined has been like like. 81 to 16 or something in their past two games combined against but Texas. But doesn't it feel like they're still second rate? To, it sounds like it does to you. Yeah, but, I know. But, but I, I, yeah, I mean, no, like Texas, the University of Texas is always going to be the flagship program of that state. The burn orange is always going to be the most recognizable flag. Man, I have, I've had so much Tom Herman Kool-Aid this offseason. Look, I mean, they could be it's really good. It's poisoned my thinking. Our, your boy Tom Fernelli said that he, you know, they're, they're a dark horse playoff team, and I don't, I don't like hate that pick. I don't disagree with it, but I bet you right now, if you look on the Vegas, you know, uh, projected point spreads, I'll bet you if if they have one out for a Texas TCU, I bet you TCU would be the favorite. I, and, I mean, and, they, and, they would and, have to be. The and favorite. neither of us gave anything for Texas A and M. No, no, <laughs> they had their chance, man. Their time, their time came and went. The, the the Johnny Manziel era is 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 gone, and now this is now. I've had discussions with people before. It it'll be fascinating if Kevin Sumlin leaves or is fired. It'll be fascinating what sort of market that job has or, or demands. I know because it it's still. I mean that is still a great job with the SEC behind it. With the SEC and like just. Oil tankers of money right. that they can drop off and at your phenomenal doorstep. facilities but already yeah, in place. They just read like they are redoing, just redid about damn everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, TCU is there for the taking to be the the the, the team in the state. And I tell you who who really was trending to be the easy pick for this would, was Baylor. Oh, I know. They and would. I mean, they were they were totally on track and they were recruiting well. They you know they were getting it done on the field. They were um, new stadium. New stadium, great. I mean, so, but, but, you know, you just can't, you can't make that, that call right now. But no, I think TCU. I had too much, uh, Texas sponsored Corona, limes in, or horns up, limes down. Can, can there be a, um, can there be a Texas outsider that runs the state of Texas? Oklahoma? <laughs> <laughs> can we, can we put Oklahoma runs the state? Uh, uh or like LSU? Yeah. Yeah, I mean Oklahoma's been running the Big Twelve, and they they they're still. I mean they're back to recruiting really well again. So, but no, I I I feel pretty good about TCU, and I think that we talked about them in the point totals discussions. But I think TCU could surprise some people this year. Sick. All right, California. 
Uh, you go first. Trojans are back. They are back. Yeah. They are back. Uh, and and they're and they're and like when you had me going down the freshmen that are on that team too, I was like, oh, and they're not go- they're not only back, they're not going anywhere. No, they yeah, that's no, I agree with you. Uh, and they got Sam Darnold, and they're I mean, but I actually, I actually didn't go with them though. What? I. Maybe I'm overthinking this, but San Diego State, <laughs> Rocky Long, <laughs> and the Aztecs. But to me, Stanford is—they are just as scary of a team. They are more consistent. For, they for have, sure. They, I mean, USC still—they now have to play with these expectations that have been, you know, humped onto their, their back. They, they. They, I mean, last year they had high expectations and they didn't handle it well. And, no, they and didn't. So then they started playing well when no one expected anything out of them. Right. When there was, I mean, when they were just out there, just hey, might as well play well. So I, I want to see. They kind of have to prove it to me a little bit. And Stanford is, I just think you always know what you're going to get with Stanford, and they, they actually recruit incredibly well right now. Like if you're a, if you are a, an elite academic kid that is that football is important to you stanford is is they, they are alabama they are ohio state and so i i, I think to me stanford is you got to sort of take the title from stanford because they beat usc last year yeah no, no no absolutely they've they've had it they've they've had it now stanford did have a habit there of even the usc teams that weren't that good they got that early season game usc would creep up there and steal it away behind like a Justin Davis or Trey Madden game, like one of those, one of those like five running backs that were all playing there. Uh, yeah, you know, throughout the the Cody Kessler era, I guess it would be you know, right. there for a good right. little bit. But um, no, I mean, it's uh, the battle for California is fun because no love for UCLA. No, but there should there should be like UCLA should be in this conversation, they're and they're not. probably still they probably still have the talent. To uh, to to be involved in this conversation, they they have players on that roster, but no, they're not. They have no. They have no. Uh, they're not deserving of being in that in that mix. Um, and then who else we got? I mean, Cal's Cal's down. Yeah. Um, uh, you know your 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 mid majors. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a two team race. All right. <laughs> Georgia Tech runs Georgia. Georgia Tech, the Rambler Wreck. <laughs> yeah, it's that's another one that's weird to, to to think it or say it, but Georgia Tech, man, they how like you know, someone give me the argument they don't run Georgia just because Georgia, the University of Georgia, has higher ranked recruiting classes. Like, congratulations. Yeah, <laughs> Georgia Tech still they beat you a lot to, to the last three years. <laughs> I, I I need I will say Georgia Tech is. Uh, Slipping, like there. This is a big season for them. I think it is a big season for them, but but we're not that separated from them beating up on Mississippi State in the Orange Bowl. Well, yeah, no, and you know what's funny is like we have had a lot of Georgia Tech love on this show the last like three (laughs) three episodes or three, and it's and and. I had no like coming into the season. I had no intention of 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 hyping up Georgia Tech, but it's because no one looks at them, no one pays any attention to them because they assume they're running the option, and it doesn't matter who's on offensive line, doesn't matter who's a quarterback, who's a running back, they'll do what they do. 
And but when you when you look at what they're due for this year, they're due for another eleven win season. I, I mean, mean when, wait, what did you say? When's the last time that uh, Paul Johnson's won less than six? Huh? Come call me. Doesn't it, happen. Yeah, he's done like twice in like fifth, like twenty <laughs> years or something. You know, and so uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny to think it, but um, you know, like there there was I, there was a great I had a great debate on our. Uh, in our Slack community on uh, at work, um, when we had our coaches, uh, Power Five coaches ranking come right. out, and someone was sort of dogging the ranking, saying like, "Who in the world put uh, Paul Johnson ahead of Kirby Smart?" And I was like, "I was like, what? Like, or, like, think about what you just said, yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and 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 like, look at what's actually happened on the field." And tell me there's any argument in the world that Kirby Smart's a better coach. You don't get point two five wins for Alabama. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like we're talking about head coaches. Now he might be and and he might prove that someday, but you're guessing if you're saying yeah, that. Yeah. And, and but but people don't people don't conceptualize Paul Johnson in that way. He's just he's just the guy coaching Georgia Tech. And so I think this I think it's it's fascinating to think about it in that terms of, of who runs the state because I don't I think it's hard to make an argument that he doesn't. I tell you what, Georgia Tech's gonna beat Tennessee. <laughs> first we game talked ourselves season. into it, haven't we? <laughs> I, I knew we'd it. get there. Yeah. He is Barton Simmons. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. Um, so make sure that you subscribe so that you can get the episodes first. Thank you.